So we are continuing on. Um, what on earth is happening has been the name of this series that we've been in. If you've, I think it's been a pretty interesting series. Uh, if you've missed any part of it, you could always go online. We have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you, could, uh, you could listen to it as a, as a podcast, too. So I would encourage you to do that. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, the videos that we've been showing will show you, will be right up there on the channel so you can see what we have been showing here on Sunday morning in the church. Um, so we've been talking about kind of the crazy changing times that we're living in. That's why we titled this, What on Earth is Happening? And we've been dealing with some hot button issues, really. I think that the, that's in our culture that face a Christian, what does the Bible have to say about mm-hmm. it? Today we are going to look at the subject of crystals, witchcraft, and the demonic. Um, you know, we, we really are living in some rapidly changing times where what I think was once pretty easily thought of as good and acceptable is now evil and wrong. <laughs> and what we've always thought of as it's pretty blatantly evil, we would all consider it evil, is now mm-hmm. considered good. And uh, most of you are, many of you are raising children in this environment. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming increasingly difficult, I think, to navigate through it and handle how are they perceiving life and the culture. And, and truly, parents can be, and they are, you know, 24-7 in their houses and still be maybe ignorant of what their children are doing in their rooms or watching in their rooms or singing in the classrooms or at the school libraries because we keep hearing about school libraries with a lot of immoral kinds of books that have been on the shelves that it seems as though everyone has been oblivious to. Um, You know, what's going on there, what's going on as they talk with their friends on social media. Uh, The smartphone has given kids access if they have one that can be something a parent i think has to give serious thought to when that would happen when your child would have a smartphone but smartphones give them free access to the world true and it's really i think too much information with too little wisdom (laughs) attached to wherever they're going it's like this site it's not going to give you wisdom it's not going to tell you that and so there are just all kinds of uncensored things images on social media, information, disinformation, opinions, <laughs> opinions yeah. music styles. And of course, some of the internet is good. It's helpful information. It's nice to be able to have some of these things at our fingertips. But the vast majority of what you could tap into on the internet, if you're not careful, has the potential to distort yes. and confuse. I mean, I'd say... I say especially young person's mind, but it's distorting and confusing adult minds. And drawing us, the point, the, the, the danger is, is drawing your heart into dark places. Yeah. And if we don't have the right anchor, if we don't really consider this the truth, then we are going to be moved by every wind of doctrine that is out there. And so we need the Holy Spirit's discernment, and that's really why we wanted to do this series, to bring out some of these issues so that we can not be naive. We cannot be naive or passive or ignorant about what's going on, what's happening around us today. There's a danger to it. For sure. Because you will certainly risk, especially if you have children, losing their heart to the world and everything that it's trying to tell them. I mean, the good news, this is not bad news. Well, that's the bad news, but we have good news. Amen. I mean, the good news is that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, the works of the enemy. And God's not given us a spirit of fear. Like when we hear about these things, we can't go, oh, no. He's not given us a spirit of fear, it says in 1 Timothy, but a spirit of power, which comes from him, mm-hmm. love and a sound mind. So we can face the day and time that we live in with our heads on straight. Amen? But we have to realize what's going on and we have to use the resources around us that God has given us and believe that he's given us a spirit of power, love and sound mind and the Holy Spirit will give us discernment. And so we can be aware of the devil's schemes and this is what we have been 
saying this scripture throughout Ephesians 6, 12, uh, this is kind of the primary scripture, for we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. This is Ephesians 6, 12. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We're not, that's not our, our enemy. People aren't our enemy, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness that's right. <clears throat> of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse 13 says, therefore, take up mm -hmm. the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to what? Stand. Stand firm. Stand firm. So God says, take up the armor of God. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. Right. But standing firm means not being naive or not being passive, right? We're ignorant about what is happening around us. And, and again, we aren't taking a stand against people, against our children. Don't do this. Right. But against the spirits of darkness. This is what we've been wanting to bring out week by week, that the devil is real. His work in the demonic is real. And we, we are navigating through a spiritual war every day. Every day. It's a war between light and darkness. And what is the point of the war? It's, it's the, the goal is to a soul, an eternal soul, where a person will spend eternity. That's the goal that is at stake. So the stakes are high, right? And important. And forever. Yeah. And forever. That's yeah. it. Uh, Jesus defeated Satan at the cross and in his resurrection. But yet you and I are daily in a spiritual war. In a spiritual war. And Satan actually knows that his time is short. And so he is really ramping up. You and I, the church, the church is actually an occupying force to stay and stand, stand firm with the armor of God, not giving ground, but actually taking ground back from the devil that belongs to you, your family, me, the church. You have to be involved in this war. You cannot be ignorant. You cannot be passive. You can't think that you are neutral. If you are neutral, you are a prisoner. We're standing in victory. And we are enforcing that victory in your own mind, in your family, until Jesus Christ comes the second time. Amen? Amen. Yeah. We stand not as people that are cowardly or afraid, we stand in a position of victory. Because Jesus gained the victory, but what does he do? In Matthew 28, he gives us that victory. He gives us the authority. He gives us the wisdom. The Bible declares that you, as a believer, are more than a conqueror because he loves us. And how do we enforce that victory? We, we, first of all, have to know the truth. Hello? And that means we, that you and I have to, this doesn't just fall on you. You and I have to do some labor here in understanding what the truth is. And then we have to believe it. And then we actually have to do it. It's the truth. And have you noticed the truth that's taking a battering in this society? Yeah. <laughs> truth is not flexible. Truth is not changing because the way you feel. Amen? Amen? Jesus said this in John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are, thank you, John. <laughs> that takes effort, doesn't it? That means you have to figure out what you're thinking. Does that line up with the word of God? Oh, that thought's wrong. I don't think that thought anymore. You have to know the truth. That's how you, Jesus says, if you know the truth and you abide in the truth, well, then you are my disciple. And he knows these things. Amen? Amen. So what we want to do is continue to build ourselves up in this. And the truth will do something. In yes, <laughs> the truth will set you free. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> and today, just like Pastor Mamie says, we're going to take a look at... Uh, What's really a, a real fad in the, uh, the society now is, is these crystals, uh, witchcraft, and the demonic. 
Uh, we're going to listen to an insightful uh, podcast here. It's an interview with an ex-psychic who got drawn into uh, the occult. Her name is uh, Jen Niza. Uh, she became a Christian and now she shares her testimony about the dangers that are involved with what starts off very innocently. And she's saying that she wants people, especially the young people, to know about this. And she says she wants the church to wake up to the truth of it. Because the church, the truth is, uh, the church has been very ignorant about what's happening in the world. The truth is, the church has been very ignorant about the spirit realm which we are born of his spirit, we should know much more about it. There's a uh, recent uh, research institution that found, listen to this statistic, 44% of young people between the ages of 13 and 25 engage with herbs and crystals as a spiritual practice. Shockingly, it says 21% do so on a weekly basis basis and this we've got to understand that the devil's not going to come and say hi once you start walking with me i'm going to kill you and destroy you it all starts out very innocent very innocent it does people aren't going to go well i'm going into this metaphysical shop and i'm, I'm looking for satan i'm looking for witchcraft they're going in there because peer pressure has brought them. Oh, these crystals are doing this for me and this and that. And so what happens is they go in there very innocently. But yet what happens, like the Bible says, my people are perish for lack of knowledge. They go in innocently, but they open their spirits up to demonic forces right, so, without so, even knowing it. Yeah, and people are, you know, people are drawn thinking... Well, this is going to help my life. If you don't have any other anchor, like this is going to help my life. It's going to do something good for me. And then like this woman, you know, she, using psychic ability, I can help others with this. And mm -hmm. so you, they really truly felt like they were doing something good. Had, in fact, they thought they were avoiding evil. It's such a contradiction uh, of how, how people get tangled in this. Yeah. And so they're looking, people are looking for knowledge. People are looking for insight, how to deal with their life. What about my future? I mean, everybody pretty much has questions like that, didn't you, at some point? Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder if, I, I wish I could know the future. How many of us have often thought that? Well, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says this, go. for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so in that sense, he's, he's happy to accommodate a person's search for deeper spiritual understanding. Right. And, you know, the crystals and these kinds of things, herbs and white witchcraft, I mean, it's, an, it's a new age practice. It has been around. It's not, you said a fad, but really it's been around for a while. Probably in the 60s, it really started uh, to become known as new age. But new age thinking would, still uses the word God, but God's in everything. The divine is in everything. Mm -hmm. In other words, the energy of the universe is everywhere. It's in you. It's in the wind. It's in the mountains. It's in water. You know, it's in the stars. It's in the earth. It's in crystals. <laughs> and so the thought is, you know, it, it's giving off positive energy. The whole universe, if you want to tap into the positive side of it, then open yourself up to it. And so they're thinking they're doing something mm -hmm. Good. It sounds innocent enough, right? <laughs> and so let, let's just listen to, uh, it's about 15 minutes, this interview. I think you're going to find it very interesting, insightful, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the subject and uh, from a scriptural standpoint. Yeah. So I want to talk about crystals with you, and we'll get a little bit into herbs as well, but crystals have become this massive phenomenon. Young people are using them, and we'll talk about those numbers in a bit, but can you tell us a little bit about what this process or this practice, rather, of using crystals entails? This is um, so new age in depth. Uh, using crystals for protection, for uh, to ward off evil, for enlightenment, to uh, bring about psychic awareness, to place on chakras, thinking you're going to open them up and, and um, use the energy from the crystals. 
this whole thing is relying on energy with crystals. Um, I had a crystal uh, heart rose quartz a pendant made for myself because I believed it was going to draw love. I was also manifesting at the time um, my spouse, my future spouse. But people are going to crystals um, all the time for protection. They believe it's going to protect them uh, from negativity, from illness, um, all, all sorts of things, Billy. It's, it's really scary. And it's big. It, 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 is, yeah. it is scary. And it's interesting because this history apparently goes back hundreds and thousands, uh, thousands of years. This is not a new practice of seeing these stones as having some sort of power. I mean, it almost sounds on the surface, almost laughable or ridiculous, but yet many people, this is a very real practice for them. You talked about your own practice there. And, and I don't know a lot about the different stones, but I know rose quartz is one obviously for creating relationships. And there are a number of other ones that are out there that people use. Um, what, let me throw the number out of you because we were given some statistics by Springtide Research that 44% of young people, 44% between the ages of 13 and 25, are using crystals and herbs. What is your reaction to that statistic? Wow. Wow. I, I'm heartbroken by that to start because it just shows how um, deceptive the devil is number one and how he's not even hiding. These kids are so exposed to witchcraft these days and they're really looking for something. They're really looking to feel better. They're really looking for identity. They're looking for love. They're looking for all the things that only God can do. Um, but they're not hearing about God. They're hearing about crystals and it's glamorous and it's trendy and it's, it's spiritually dangerous. It's witchcraft, Billy. It's witchcraft because you are invoking, once you go to that crystal and um, you think you're going to uh, manifest something from that, whether it's health protection, increase your happiness, increase your wealth, what have you, self-confidence, you are invoking demons because the demons are the ones that have the power. I have to tell you, the crystal is a rock that God created. It can't do any of those things for you. Well, let's and let's go there because what you just said is is incredibly important about what is going on here because there are people who are going to say, "Well, I use crystals and they're wonderful. They're changing my life. They're, they're you know the rose quartz is bringing me love and positive relationships." And they're going to see that their use of these stones, right? That that mm -hmm. is what is doing this. But what you're saying is that by putting their faith in that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, by putting their faith in those stones and trying to use them in that way, they're actually attracting evil in that. And that's where they're seeing these quote unquote positive benefits that aren't necessarily positive. That's right. 100%. You hit the nail on the head. They're making a, a choice willingly to put their faith and trust in God's creation rather than the creator, rather than God who made those beautiful rocks. And he did make them and they're beautiful. And that's where where it ends. So when you start um, using them for divination, for witchcraft, and you may not realize that that's what you're doing, those, but that's what it is. You are invoking demons, and the demons are the ones who are manipulating circumstances, who are planting um, ideas. Uh, and some of these things become almost self-fulfilling because the demons really can manipulate uh, things around you. And you'll pay attention to those patterns or to those... Um, you know, circumstances and make things happen too. Yeah. And, you know, this, this other piece of this puzzle, because when Springtide asked young people, they, they sort of clumped together this use of crystals and then, you know, herbs. And, and there are a lot of different herbs out there apparently for, for different things. And it's an interesting conversation because, and I want to separate this out and feel free to maybe speak to this when I'm done and correct me or, or add or agree. But, you know, it's one thing to use essential oils or to use herbs to heal things that God's given us. You know, we take them because we take vitamins, let's say, that have certain things in them, um, you know, medicinally or for health. It's another thing to rely on these, on these herbs in a magical sense. Do you want to speak to that at all? Absolutely. I would say the biggest one that stands out to me, of course, is sage. Um, and that is so trendy. I hate to use that word, but it's true. Uh, sage is actually, burning sage is called smudging. And it was a Native American cultural practice. Uh, they believed that they were purifying their 
uh, space around them, getting rid of negative energy. And of course, that trickles into, you know, clearing your space of demons. As a former psychic medium, that was a part of my ritual before doing readings. Uh, we would sage the room. I got hired to smudge people's homes and I would be channeling. And the idea again is that the sage will protect you from demons or from this negative energy. But the truth of the matter is that demons don't care about sage. They're not afraid of sage. They're only afraid of Jesus Christ. So I argue that even going to sage or any other herb, if you will, um, and you're putting again your faith and trust in these items, these created things for your protection, for your spiritual safety, you're invoking, you're attracting. I mean, I'm sure they're laughing. Those demons are laughing at you. You're not protecting anything. It, it's it's a horrible thing to do. It's a horrible idea. Sage is delicious for eating and for cooking. I like to cook. I use sage. Very good. But not. Um, it won't do anything for you in regards to satanic attacks, demonic attacks, demonic oppression. If anything, you will become oppressed by using it and by burning it. And Christ is greater than culture. And that is, and, and I love what you just said, because you see a lot of TV shows, right, where people are do, are doing this, they're burning sage, and they're doing it to get rid of the negative energy, or people buy a new house, and they have somebody come through and do it, which is what this is something that you did in your previous life, right? This is how you, you know, behaved. And just to get into your mindset back then a little bit, and to help people understand, because you spoke to it a little bit, but I want to dig in a little there. Obviously, what you are channeling as a psychic comes from the, the demonic realm, but, but psychics don't necessarily believe that. They believe it's coming from these spirit guides or something positive. What, what is it, this negative energy, if you put yourself back in that place of being a psychic, what did you believe you were combating or protecting them from? What was that? It's so interesting because when I think back on that time, I definitely knew there was a dark side, if you will. Like I knew there was something evil. Um, the new age, a lot of people don't believe in hell or Satan. Um, I don't think I thought it, it was Satan um, or a demon, but something definitely scary. I mean, I would see demons manifest, um, you know, looking like the Grim Reaper, seeing like these scary animals, or if you would, you know, not a ghost, but like a demon animal taking the form of an animal. So I knew there was something uh, bad and something, you know, kind of like when you think of light versus dark or good versus bad. So I knew that. Uh, and I believed that that sage, burning that sage or that process would protect me from that, protect me from those, from those scary aspects. And of course it didn't. It only well, happens. That that makes sense too, and I would imagine you know, and we can get in the weeds here a little bit. But if you're if you are not you, but I'm saying hypothetically speaking of evil demons, if you if you're evil and you're trying to convince somebody of something, you may behave in a way that makes it seem like the sage is helping, right, or makes it seem like trying to build faith in the wrong place for people who are using these things. Would you say that that's an accurate depiction of what often happens in these dynamics? Oh, 100%. And it makes me think, you know, of 2 Corinthians 11, 14, and 15, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Um, it's going to have to seem good and look good and appealing and like the solution. And of course, it's the problem and not the solution. I mean, when I was in that divination group that I was in, when we were smudging and uh, we had the crystals in there, we had a lot of people that did crystal readings. I mean, it was a beautiful room with a really nice woman and really nice people and we all wanted to help other people i mean there was nothing sinister looking about it at all very deceiving it is well and, and all of and all of this is really and and the thing that you know as we sort of round out the conversation on this because there, there's so much to unpack but I think a big question people have when they see statistics and numbers showing that 21% of young people are using these things weekly and that 44% overall are engaging in them. And that's just crystals and herbs. This wasn't, there was no question in here about tarot cards or any of the other pieces of witchcraft that we have talked about. Uh, but what do you think, when you look at the culture and where we are, what do you think is driving this explosive expansion of the use of these sorts of tools? I think we have the same old problems. The kids have problems. We all have problems, right? So we're always looking for that solution. But in our culture now, they are, um, they are loaded 
with witchcraft. It's everywhere you go. Five below, I call that witchcraft on a budget. Instagram, social media, cinema, the movies, Ouija boards. I mean, it's everywhere. It's on the shows. It's on Netflix. This is our children's um, culture. This is their culture. As a matter of fact, it's it's heartbreaking, those numbers, but is it really shocking? I mean, it, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's not that shocking. It's everywhere you look. It's every spa. It's every... On every street corner now, you have metaphysical shops. Everything's about the crystals. And these kids are going through, I think they're so overstimulated too. They're loaded with anxiety. They're loaded with depression. And they're looking for help and they're looking to feel better. And this is what their culture, I mean, the devil's not hiding in today's date. I'm not saying that he necessarily was hiding, but he's bold and he's blatant and he's out there and the kids are exposed to it constantly. And especially on um, the TV shows, the Kardashians, all the way as young as a cartoon called the Casa Grandes, I believe that it was called, there was smudging on there. Um, you know, the abuelo was saying, hey, listen, there's some evil energy in here, an evil spirit. This is how we get rid of him. SpongeBob SquarePants, of course, I talk about that a lot with the CG board, uh, or, you know, which is the Ouija board. Our kids almost can't get away from it. We really would have to lock down um, on the social media, the cinema, like I said. So I, I feel terrible. They're so exposed to witchcraft. Well, in it, in it really is a natural progression. You have a number of things happening right now. When you push the, the Judeo-Christian values out of the way and you say they're not going to be in school, they're not going to be in culture, they're not going to be in Hollywood, they're not going to be anywhere. And of course, there are little projects here or there and little movies here or there, but the reality is the culture has moved in a direction that has created this vacuum. And if as Christians, we believe that God designed us to have a relationship with him and that there's going to be an internal sort of compass pointing us towards something divine or something bigger than ourselves, when you push God out of the way, people are going to look for that. And it seems like a lot of young people in record depression, suicide, overdoses, we're seeing all this effect, but we're also seeing that gravitation toward the occult. And so I guess my final question to you, and I don't know what your thoughts will be on this, but in light of that fact that we actually see, and none of this is positive, but there's clearly a thirst for something bigger. That is the part of this that is actually interesting, right? How can yes. we as believers, especially as somebody who came out of this world of the occult, reach mm -hmm. people who are engaging in these things? Uh, the exact way that the devil is doing it. Use these platforms, use our ministries for God's glory and keep letting people know, keep making people aware. So people like me and um, other ex-New Agers, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, ugh, TikTok, we're on Instagram and we're out there and we need to go into the churches. We were just talking about that a moment ago so that we can make parents aware. How much is this being preached right now in the church? So we need to do our best to keep making the kids aware, talk to the kids too. I don't know about you, but I know that my daughter, I'm around her friends and they used to you know, congregate around the island in my kitchen while I was cooking dinner and giving me the opportunity to talk about Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do, especially in lieu of the fact that schools, I mean, just real quick to go back one second, because we were talking about movies and cinema and everything, and the schools, and like you mentioned, the world is trying to push God out further and further away every day. Schools don't want God in there. They want sat uh, satanic clubs. They want, um, you know, you can, you can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want as long as God is not involved. So we need to, if your kids are in public school, public school, I pray, and I'm really praying for parents, Billy, I really am. My daughter is going to be 22, so I'm not in that, you know, the small child range anymore. So I, my heart goes out and I'm praying for all parents. But let's keep speaking up and using all these things because technology is not scary. God will use it. God is using it. And let's get into those churches and help equip parents with the truth of Christ. Now I love I love all of that and that is a great place for us to close. Now you have a you have your own podcast which we have worked together on it's X Psychic Saved podcast. Mm -hmm. You're on all the platforms. People should download that, listen to it. Um it's incredible, but you also have a book. Do you want to do a little plug for that? 
Oh, <laughs> a shameless plug. Sure. I'm always happy to do that. Um, yeah. My new book is Out of the New Age and Into the Truth. And after two and a half months of spiritual warfare, we finally have it up on paperback or in paperback on Amazon.com. And in this book, I'm actually going deeper into the top these topics, Billy. I'm, I'm talking about smudging. I'm talking about crystals, yoga, Reiki, and of course, psychic mediumship. And there's a gospel presentation in there as well. How could you not? How could you not? Well, that's what you're all about. Your ministry is phenomenal. And I so appreciate you as always taking the time to explain this for us today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Billy. God bless. Again, we can't be ignorant about these things. This stuff is real. If you can remember in the book of Exodus where Moses was uh, in front of Pharaoh and doing the miracles, the magicians could do the exact same things up until a certain point. There is real power in this. But we want to take a little deeper look into what the Bible has to say about these crystals and uh, witchcraft, demonic, and actually in who we are in Christ and what is kind of position he puts us in. Uh, first of all, crystals are actually uh, beautiful objects, aren't they? <laughs> they are created by God in portions of God's glorious city, the heavenly Jerusalem. There's going to be crystals and stones and beauty in there. Uh, Revelation 21 verse 11 says this, it is shown like the glory with the, it shone with the glory of God. And its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel like jasper, clear as crystal. And verse 18, the wall was made of jasper and the city pure gold, pure as glass. The foundations of the city's walls were decorated with every kind of precious stones. So these stones were created by God for our enjoyment. It's an aesthetic value for us to be looking into these things. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. You know, it's for us. There's, there's no source of enlightenment in these stones, folks. Uh, but promoters of these crystals, uh, really, in a sense, they're involved with the occult. Uh, and scripture has quite a bit to say in the Old Testament, New Testament about the occult, witchcraft, etc. Uh, the Bible clearly states it's an abomination before God. Uh, I want to take a look at just a couple of scriptures here. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 12. And uh, if you've listened to her podcast or some of the other uh, New Age people that have been They'll say that this is one of the scriptures that really God used to help them understand things. Uh, because they, they fall into it by thinking that I'm, I've got this gift and I want to help other people so I'll use this gift to help them. It, it says, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. Never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. And do not let the people practicing fortune-telling or use sorcery, sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And, and they do it now too. But in ancient uh, customs is that they would uh, sew amulets into their clothing to ward off uh, evil spirits. Or, or just like these, we're talking about this, this rose court, to bring good relationships like they, to they you. They called them sacred stones. Sacred yeah. stones. I'm, I'm sure that we've all have seen it and watched it on movies. But in Ezekiel 13, it says this, God is speaking. He says, I'm against your magic charms with which you ensnare people like birds. It starts off, sounds really good and innocent, harmless. And, and you know, we say, we use the word occult, that, that working with crystals and herbs, these kind of things, are, it's involved with the occult. And so when you say the word occult, what do you normally 
think of, something dark, yeah. something evil, right? When we say the word dark, but one of the meanings of the word occult is hidden. And another meaning to occult is supernatural. So New Age occultists believe in the supernatural. You know, that human beings and that the world in which we live is permeated by the, this invisible supernatural energy. Now, it's kind of interesting because the life of God is what empowers the, the whole world is upheld by mm -hmm. the power of his word, the power of his word, which comes from his life. But they're, they're, look, they're forgetting about where it truly comes from, the life in the universe, but they're trying to harness the, the energy, the positive energy from the universe through crystals, through astrology, numerology, divination, tarot cards, uh, and like herself with a psychic ability, a medium to channel information mm -hmm. or to tap into the positive energy of the universe. And again, like herself, these people aren't looking for the demonic. They're thinking, they're tapping into something that's real and good. And the, the truth of the matter is the spiritual realm is real. Yes. And it does have a supernatural power to it. But what they don't realize is they're opening themselves up, of course, to the dark, demonic, satanic side of the spirit realm. And so they're, they're entering the wrong door, if you will. Jesus said, I'm the door, <laughs> right? And the sheep enter in through me and find safe pasture. But the thief is the one who comes up another way, the robber. But there is a supernatural realm, uh, an unseen realm where supernatural spirit beings inhabit. Right. Okay? And there, there are good supernatural spiritual beings, and there are evil beings in the unseen realm. So there's good and there's evil. There's darkness and there's light. All right? We have to remember this. I mean, this is why we said we're dealing with principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness in Ephesians 2, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. This is what right. we're talking about. This realm is real, and you can't open yourself up to it just by yielding yourself. And so there's a whole host, if you will, you know, of heavenly and demonic beings that dwell in the unseen realm. Right. And people are looking, just like she said, people are just looking for knowledge. They want insight, looking for guidance. Who wouldn't want divine help if somebody said, I could help you this way? They want hope. They want healing. Yeah. These are all the things that every human being is really looking for. And again, we say this, the demons and Satan will accommodate that desire for divine knowledge. And first, it all seems good and positive. Uh, and it's very enticing. But again, we have to remember that Satan disguises himself right. as an angel of light. But let's remember, too, like, we, we, we should, we do believe in the supernatural also. We believe in the hidden. Amen. Amen? Truth. Do we believe in the supernatural? Yes, yes we do. Absolutely. The hidden or the unseen, I mean, we must. And I think this is partly what you mentioned that earlier, that the church has shut this side down. Much of the church has shut it down. But we should take it seriously because it's real and it's scriptural. We've just shown you a few scriptures that tell us we are dealing with spiritual warfare. But the trouble is over 50% of the church through yeah. research says they don't really believe in a, in a devil. They don't believe in the demonic. They believe there's bad out there. They don't maybe know how to categorize it. But they would say, they would sort of chuckle like we've become too intellectual to believe in the devil. Ha, right. ha, ha. Yeah. Because we think, oh, red suit, horns, and a pitchfork. <laughs> That's interesting. Because, you know, what better way to delude people when you think of the scheme of the devil? What better way to delude people than to whisper to them, I don't even exist. Like, this is stupid laugh. You know, look how dumb those people are who believe in the demonic. Yeah. To make your very existence seem ridiculous and laughable. So that nobody pays attention to what you're really doing. What a great scheme. Yeah. Well, all the while you're capturing people's minds and hearts and leading them into destruction 
and hopefully his goal is for all eternity. Right, for all eternity. Yeah. The Bible calls us believers. People who know the truth, people who believe the truth, people who live the truth, act upon the truth. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You know the Bible declares this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. It says what? We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. Those aren't just words. This is a reality that we're supposed to be aware of. We are supposed to know this realm. We're supposed to understand this realm. We walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 4.18. Look at this. It says, as we look not to those things that are seen, but to things that are unseen. Yeah. yeah. Hidden, see. But very real. Yeah, but very real. Yeah. <laughs> it says, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Christians have free access through the Holy Spirit who dwells with inside of you right into the very presence of God. Right now. The church is waiting till I die to see it. The church is waiting till I die before I experience any of it. And so then you've cut yourself off to the truth. You've cut yourself off to the life that God has given you. You live with five physical senses and you're limited. Yeah. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. God is opening our eyes to the realm that He wants us to live in. The Bible declares you're to walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. The church is too stuck in the natural realm to even know how to fight the devil. The Holy Spirit gives us this wisdom, this insight, this eternal value. He lets you know you're loved by God Himself. He lets you know that you're specially created by God. He formed you on purpose the way you are. And He wants you to know who He is, your Creator, so that you can understand why you're here and where you're going. He's going to reveal to you that He has made you righteous and holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. These aren't just words. These are realities that through the Spirit you can experience and understand. You can live this. You know, God Himself created all things. All things, seen and unseen. All things. Even the crystals. <laughs> you know. Look at this, first Corinthians and sage, yeah, sage is good to eat. <laughs> Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, I mean, we, this, these are things that are real for us. You have to know this truth, you have to let this truth be reality in you if you think you're going to defeat the devil in anything. We want discernment, give us discernment. Well, guess what, discernment starts right here in this book. Reading this book, finding out what Jesus says. This, his words are spirit and their life. Too many people are looking for the easy way to do it. What's easy is the way that is broad. We're to walk a narrow path. And if you look at what that Greek word, that, that narrow means under pressure. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, for it was in him, in Jesus, in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created and exist through him and in him and for him. You don't need a medium, you don't need a psychic. You don't need tarot cards. You have the guide inside of you. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit is dwells with inside you. The church has totally ignored him. 
If the church, over 50% don't believe in the devil, they don't believe in the Holy Spirit either. And so where does that leave you, can I ask? It leaves you a prisoner of war. Powerless. You don't need a psychic. Jesus is our mediator. That's right. He is the only mediator between God and man. You got to know who he is. He's the pastor. Maybe brought this up. He's the door. The Holy Spirit is our guide. You don't need. I need a spiritual guide. If you're born again, you have one. Get to know who he is. He reveals himself. Are you just hard headed? You know you have to do it his way. <laughs> it's not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. You have to do it his way. Because his way is life. His way is exciting. You want to stick out in the crowd these days? Actually be a Christian. A real one. Countercultural. It doesn't mean your hair's blue. It actually means you believe the Bible. That's countercultural. Exactly. Go to the high school and say, you know what? I believe in Jesus Christ. I pray and I get answers to my prayers. You know what? I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I speak in other tongues. Countercultural. Totally. And that's what everybody wants to be, counterculture. I want to be noticed. You know what? You want to be noticed? Start telling people, you, carry your Bible to school. I mean, some of you go to Christian school, so that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is our mediator between God. He is the one who reveals God to us. He is the one who became a human like us. God himself became a human he lived a perfect, sinless life. And he was willing to be crucified on a cross to pay the punishment of our sins, our failures. It's not just our doing things that was sin. Because of Adam's failure, we were born with a sin nature and you couldn't get that out of you by doing any good work. There had to be a spiritual exchange to let that happen. It was the perfect one himself, the holy one, willing to come and pay the price for sin of the entire world. He did it. And he paid the price in hell. He said he was going to be in the belly of the earth for three days. Tormented. Being punished for sins. Think of the sins that are rampant in this world. He paid the price for them. Third day he rose again from the dead. And all who believe in receive this divine nature of God. You walk in power. Do you understand? Yes. We've got to understand how to utilize that power. How to live in that power. Because God is saying, where are you? Where is my church? It's not just coming to church. Not being here on Sunday, I'm done. Yeah, all right, I'm going to go and live my life. No, it's living his life through you. This resurrection life. Think of it. Resurrection life is in you right now. Right now. It says if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, He'll quicken your mortal body. That's why I'm up off my sickbed. Because <laughs> He quickened my mortal body. Hallelujah. It took time. <laughs> but anyhow, listen. You and I are welcome in the Father's house. Right now. Wherever you are, you could be driving a car and you could be talking to God. And you know what? The heavenly presence of God is sitting right That's there right. with you. That's right. You don't need a crystal. No. <laughs> you just need to believe that you are a child of God. You've been welcomed back into the Father's family. Yes. 
and meditate on these things. We have to entertain and meditate and talk to the Lord about it. Help me, Holy Spirit, to see this greater. If it seems dull to you, it can open up, but you have to have this... Only the Holy Spirit will open your eyes. Yes. So we talk to the Holy Spirit who's on the inside. Holy Spirit, you're the revealer of truth. Help me understand these things. It's all personal. It's not an idol like a piece of sage that you burn or a a piece of crystal that you stick in your pocket or wear around your neck like an idol. It's a relationship with an unseen God who's very real. Very real. See, every human is a spirit being. We've talked about this before. We're spirit, soul, and body. We are three-part beings. I cannot see your spirit, but I only see your physical body. But, but God is spirit, and this is why Scripture says we're made in His yes. image and likeness. It's in the spirit we are made in His image and likeness. And so there's this natural inclination, or there should be, as we talk about it, faith comes by hearing, to open yourself up and go, I want to understand the yes. spirit realm. I want to go there. It's not, and again, like you've been saying, the church has kind of shut that all down. No, the gifts and the spiritual supernatural is all over with. It only was for the first century church. That's, that's a lie. There's nothing in scripture that says that. So people should want, you should ask yourself those questions. Where did I come from? Like, why am I here? Like, yeah. where am I going when I die? Yeah. People just, well, I don't care. Well, you should care because you will live eternally somewhere and there's only two places to go, you know. Come on. And so, again, some people mistakenly just tune it out, the scene realm. I only want to talk about, yeah. you know, the science and what my intellect can tell me, my five physical senses. But there are many that are searching. Yes. Because Hollywood's accommodating them. Netflix is accommodating them. You know, libraries. Look at this. I've just pulled up a few things. There were probably a million things I could have shown you, but just some children's books that are out there. There were tons of them. Read the titles. The Girl's Book of Spells. That's witchcraft, folks. Magic potions and... Elixirs, recipes and spells for kids in magic training. Hey, this is really common. Go, go Google it. Go, go on Amazon and type some of this in. That last, that one on the other side is that, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's, it's supposed to be like in a cartoon that they made about Satan who births. She's, I think, the, supposed to be the daughter of Satan. or I don't know what the crazy theme is, but this stuff is out there. Like she said, it's everywhere. And the younger you are, listen, Satan understands human nature. The younger that you grab a a kid's heart, the better chance of keeping that heart, distorting their understanding of truth. And so when a person begins to search, if they, you know, they're, they're going online or they're talking to their friends about this, your child has to know. Right that has to know the difference and has to have discernment between yes. right and wrong. Here, here's a few scriptures. Um, Leviticus 19, just we want to throw in a few scriptures here before we close. Do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 20, verse 6. I will also turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution by putting their trust in mediums or in those who, consp- who consult the spirits of the dead, I will cut them off from their people. Revelation 20, verse 8. But cowards, to, yeah. unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, immoral, and those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And then after the gospel came to Ephesus, which was a very occultist area during that time the apostle paul brought the gospel there and this is what happens in acts chapter 19 verse 18 it says many who became believers confessed their sinful practices and a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire and the value of the books was seven several million dollars the greatest concern is the younger generation. Like, Pastor, yeah. you saw what's available on Amazon for your kids. Parents, you cannot be overly, 
diligent. Let's put it that way. You can't, or just be, you can't be passive yeah, either. Right. You cannot remain ignorant any longer. The devil's after your child's heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And first, you know, so what are you supposed to do? Well, first yeah. of all, have our eyes open. This is why we brought it into the church, just like she said. The churches need to understand this. So we thought this is a perfect interview for all of us to realize what's going on right outside our neighborhoods, in our neighborhoods. And we, we must become established in our faith. Right. And begin to talk, like as I said, to the Holy Spirit as we read and understand. Teach me about spiritual things. Are these things real to you? A, a big key, again, then in your home is really how you live this out. Right. Because your children are watching how you live. How do you interact with the worldview? What is your, do you have a, a good, strong, biblical worldview? Right. And then communication is so important. Communicate around these things. You know, sometimes we just we want to keep our faith to ourselves. Well, we can't do that. It should just be very natural for us. This is who we are. Parents need to explain life through scriptures. Right. And reading Just, the Bible, teaching your children to read the Bible. Yeah. And talk to them about it. Communicate with them. Explain life through the scriptures, what they're seeing, what they're hearing. Let I mean, them ask the hard questions. And if you don't have the answer, say, you know what? I'm going to pray about it and we're going to discover it. We're going to find it. I'll do a little research. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come and ask us. We'll try to help yeah. you. We Let would... them ask the hard questions. Don't be afraid of them. Right. And trust and ask the Holy Spirit. I can't encourage you enough to pray. Yes. Pray for your children. You know, pray that they would have spiritual discernment when they, you know, lay your hands on them and pray simple prayers for them. Plead the blood of Jesus over their mind and heart. Know that the devil was wanting to, you know, aim a fiery dart at their mind, their heart. Yes. Pray against that. See, this is part of our, we're going to talk about this next week, our, our, the warfare that we're in. But if we're just passive and silent and we go, oh, geez, the world is just crazy. That doesn't make it. That doesn't protect your children. You know, and, dis disobedience is a spirit. Do you know that? The Bible declares disobedience is the sin of witchcraft. And you have the authority in the name of Christ to keep that spirit out of your house. You have that authority in Christ. But you have to ask God to give them. We pray and ask God, give my children an obedient and willing heart. Help me to recognize, Lord. Help me to be one step ahead yes. of, what they're of what they're facing. So that when I get in these difficult places, it's like I'm getting discernment from the Holy Spirit to ask a question about this. We need his help. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit's help and he's ready to help us. He's ready to reveal. I just believe the church need we need our eyes open and yes. we need to go in that direction and start talking and communicating with him. Pray in front of your children. Pray to the Father in the name of the Son Jesus Christ. Cover your children with the blood of Christ. Pray before they go to school. Are you kidding me? That, that demon's full of, the high school's full of demons. Junior high, elementary school, they're trying to teach your kids in kindergarten who, that they're a boy or they're a girl. They're opposite of who they are. This is the world they're growing up yeah, in. That's right. I remember doing that. I remember dropping my, our daughter off as a driver to the junior high. And it was the time when I think when Columbine happened, school shootings, and thought... This is, you know, now you hear about it so often, but it was brand new then. Yeah. And I remember driving around. I drove around the junior high here in Butler pleading the blood of Jesus. It was like for the protection, to bind up evil. You know, that no weapon formed against these kids and my daughter will prosper. Yeah, we, right. we have to be real about these things and know that your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are powerful. Especially and, if they're scriptural prayers. This is God's word being br brought back to him, praying for your children. And the Bible declares, Jesus said, so shall my word 
be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. So if you're praying this, you're bringing it to the Lord. So it's He's promised. He's not going to allow it to return to Him void, but He'll accomplish that which He's asked. This is, this is the power. This is the spirit realm that we live in. We have to know who we are in Christ. Now next week, we're going to actually really give us a little more insight on how to do spiritual war. So help us, Holy Spirit. We thank you for opening up our eyes this morning, Lord, by looking into your word. I pray you help us, Father, in the, in the days, the week ahead. Remind us, Lord, bring thoughts to our mind and help us to recognize it's you that you're communing with us yes. and that we would fellowship with you, Lord, and ask and seek and knock, Lord, and you say that door will be open. You will answer. Yes. We thank you, Father, for your help in Jesus' name. Amen.